John chapter 20, John chapter 20. I'm glad it is still through the blood. Amen. <clears throat> I do count it an honor and a privilege to be able to preach tonight. John chapter 20. When you find a place like that, ask you to stand in reverence of God's word tonight. John chapter number 20. I want to read a few verses here, bringing what the Lord's laid on my heart for tonight. John chapter number 20 and verse number 24 says, but, Je but Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, behold my hands, and reach uh, hither thy hand, and thrust into my side, and, it, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. And Lord, I pray, Lord, now that it's preaching time, I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross. Lord, I pray, Lord, that it wouldn't just go in one ear and out the other to the people in the congregation tonight. But Lord, it would go into their hearts. And Lord, they could take this message and apply it to their lives and their everyday lives. And Lord, I pray for old-time Holy Ghost, heaven sent unction and power. And Lord, that the old-timers have prayed for. And God, I pray, Lord, that you'd anoint me with fresh from on high. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated. Much like all the other Gospels throughout the Word of God, uh, St. John has its theme, such as uh, Matthew has its own theme, Mark, Luke have themes likewise. The theme of the book of John is, Behold your God. Behold your God. John has a few key words that he uses throughout the book of John, such as light and love and life and believe and witness. Only listed with, when the, uh, naming the twelve apostles through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John must have remembered this man named Thomas. Thomas could have been a friend, could have been a hero of John. John is one of the only ones that calls out Thomas by name. Thomas uh, always uh, called Thomas and Didymus in the same calling, is, uh, but they both, name, they both mean twin. Many say that he is the twin brother of Matthew, and if you look in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he is named with Matthew in the, in the naming of the twelve apostles. Uh, one commentator speculated that the story of the prodigal son could have even been Thomas and Matthew, like a New Testament version of Esau and Jacob. Just a speculation. Thomas is mentioned directly three times throughout the Word of God, all three times in the book of John. John chapter number 11 and verse number 16, we see Thomas's commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. In John chapter 11 and verse number 16, the Bible says, Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, which is his, uh, which is his fellow disciples, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Jesus was going to the tomb where Lazarus had just died. He was going to the tomb that day and uh, Thomas spoke up and said, you know what, disciples, you know what? We ought to go ahead and go with Jesus. We ought to go and be committed and we ought to go with him. Oh, how we need to be committed in this day and time we live in today. A day of a lukewarm church, a dying church and a dying world. We're living in a day where the church don't even want to serve God anymore. We need to be committed. We need to be like Thomas and say, I want to go and I want to be committed and I want to, I want to go with Christ. I want to die with Christ. John chapter 14, we see Thomas's concern. 
In John chapter 14, some of the greatest verses, I believe, pinned down in the Word of God. Verse number 1 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me and my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? One of the greatest verses, I believe, in all the word of God, verse number six, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We see Thomas's concern. But what I want to preach on tonight is a little bit about Thomas's confession out of John chapter number 20. And I want to preach on this thought on show me the scars. On show me the scars. Thomas said in verse number 25 of our text in the latter part, he said, I will not believe. Mary, Mary and Mary Magdalene, they had ran to the tomb. They had seen Jesus. They had told Thomas, and Thomas still said, I will not believe. Peter and John had ran to the tomb and seen Jesus, and Thomas still said, I will not believe. All the disciples, Jesus said, appeared to all the disciples, and the disciples saying, Thomas, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. Thomas still says, I will not believe. We doubt not because we cannot believe, but because we won't believe. The agnostics will say that I can't believe. Thomas said, I will not believe. The battle of doubt all hinges on a will. God, I like, I like in verse number, verse number 26, we see that the Lord goes above and beyond what Thomas had asked for. Thomas had asked for to see the nail prints in his hands and to put his hand into his side. But in verse number 26, it says that the Lord appears unto them. We see that the Lord goes above and beyond of what things we may ask. The Bible says that he can do a seating abundant above all that we could ask or think. Moses in, the, Moses in the book of Exodus said, I can't serve you, Lord, but he was Egypt's deliverer. The, the people, people told David that he couldn't defeat the giant, but he slayed the Philistines. Elijah thought that he couldn't go on for the journey, but he went on and the Lord took him up into heaven. And I want to look at three things tonight, if the Lord will help me tonight, on this thought on show me the scars and I'll be done. First of all, in verse number 26, I want to see the Lord's randomness. The Lord's randomness. Verse number 26 says, And after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Eight days have passed now since the resurrection of the Lord. And the Bible says that the disciples were within. They were on the inside of wherever they were at, on the inside of their home or wherever they were at. And eight days before, the disciples were trying to convince old Thomas, old Doubton Thomas that we've all heard uh, down through the years, old Doubton Thomas, they're trying to convince him that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is alive, but he has none of it. And all of a sudden, bam, Jesus appears. Jesus appears. The Bible says that after eight days again, his disciples were within. And Thomas with them. Then came Jesus. The doors being shut. Jesus appears. The Bible specifically wants to clarify that the doors were shut. That shows God's omnipotence. 
He is all powerful. Isaiah 26, 4 says, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Matthew 19, 26, But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Psalm 62, 11 says, God has spoken once. Twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. Once, twice is a figurative way of saying God has spoken many times. If God had said it once, that should have been enough. But he repeatedly shows us that power belongs to God most of y'all know that I I work on cars for a living that's what I do for a living brother laddie there's there's no telling on a daily basis what I'm going to be doing I could be doing a set of brakes I could be putting a transmission in a car I could be doing anything anything I could be doing some reprogram on all the new electrical stuff and I could be doing anything I never know on a daily basis what I'm going to be doing, Brother Laddie. But we never know what God's going to be doing. When we wake up every morning, Brother Andrew, we never realize what God's going to do throughout the day. You may say, preacher, well, I just don't understand that. I just don't understand. But Brother Brian, it seems like when you don't feel like God's all the way around you and you don't feel like God's within a million miles of you, he shows up in the middle of nowhere and he, and he helps you and he strengthens you. And in the randomness time in your life, God shows up in the biggest way and helps you when you need it the most. It doesn't matter what your need may be tonight. If you're doubting in God, God will show up in the most random of time and help you in your time of God will show up when you need him the most but I like how the Bible likes to clarify that the doors were shut the disciples were within but the doors were shut and God just appears ain't somebody glad tonight that when you're walking through the dark clouds of the night that God knows where you're at that God knows where you're at I'm thankful that God knows where I'm at There's never been one moment in my life that God's forsaken me. I might have felt like he's forsaken me. I might have felt like he's left me. But he's never forsaken me and he's never failed me. And he never will fail me. He said he would never leave us nor forsake us. He said he would go with us all the way to the end of the world. John 14, 18 says, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. The Lord's randomness. And in verse number 27, I want to see the Lord's reassurance. Verse number 27, the Bible says, Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Jesus appears to his disciples, no doubt probably frightened his disciples. And he, he comes to them, and in verse number 26 at the end, he says, Peace be unto you. Calming them down, trying to settle them down, saying, You know, it's me. It's me, it's Jesus, it's, it's, your, it's your leader, it's me, it's me, it's me. Calming them down. He then, he then shows his omniscience, how he's all-knowing. He singles out Thomas. He looks past Peter, he looks past John, he looks past all the other disciples and says, Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust into my side and be not faithless but believing In other words, Jesus said, Thomas, come here. I want to show you a few things. First of all, he showed him that he will guide us. He showed us that he will guide or he will guard us. The Bible says that he said, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. Behold my hands. 
John chapter 10, verse 28 and 29 says, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of the Father's hand. Colossians 3 and 3 says, For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. He is showing Thomas a picture of eternal security in this text. He says, Behold, Thomas, behold my hands. I'm going to guard you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to protect you from the flames of hell. I'm going to protect you from all the wiles of the devil. I'm going to protect you, Thomas. Just trust me. I will guard you. I will protect you. And all of that, he shows that he will guide us. In Luke 24 and 40, the Bible says that he showed him his feet as well. He said he would guide. Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Psalm 37, 23 says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. George Mueller once said that not only the steps are ordered by the Lord, but the stops are ordered by the Lord. Psalm 46, 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. He said, be still and know that I am God. In the, in, the, in the darkest times of your life and you feel like you're just standing there like a fool, God says, just be still. Not to lean on your own understanding. He just said, be still. He didn't say to keep walking. He just said, be still, Brother Noah. Be still and know that I am God. I will guide you in the paths of righteousness. But not only that, he, it says that he said, reach hither thy hand and thrust into my side. The Lord shows that he would give as a, as a picture of his body. Hebrews 10.10 10 says, by the which we are sanctified through the offering of the blood of Jesus Christ once for all. Christ gave for the sinners on Calvary, but I believe Christ is still giving to the saints of God today. The Bible says that if God be for us, who can be against us? All things work together for good to them that know God and fear Him. He, he will give to us what we need in our times of need. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 19, the Bible says, But my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Isn't somebody glad God will supply the need when you feel like, when you, feel like you can't make ends meet? and you feel like there's nowhere to go, and you feel like you can't do anything, and you can't do anything but get frustrated at life, and you can't do anything but get frustrated at your wife and your kids and your family, and you feel like you can't get frustrated at God, but God is still there to supply the needs of your life and mine. Let me tell you something, friend. There's been times in my life where I felt like God had forsaken me and felt like all my friends had forsaken me and felt like my own family had forsaken me, but there was still a good God in heaven that still loved me enough that saved me, that bought me, that paid my sin debt, and thanks to the blood of Calvary, I'm a saint of God, and he still gives to us today. Hallelujah. Number three, out of verse number 28 and 29, I see the Lord's relief. The Lord's relief. The Bible says in verse 28, and Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God, verse 29 says, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Thomas has finally gotten the sign that he wanted, that he was looking for. Thomas finally has the sign that he had been looking for, that he had been asking for. And his attitude from, I will not believe, 
changes into my Lord, my God. If you go back to what the theme of the book of John is, it says, behold my God. Oh, how Thomas, how Thomas' attitude changed from doubting old Thomas to believing Thomas. He said, I will not believe no matter what. I want this and I want this and I want this. Otherwise, I ain't gonna believe a thing. He got, he got his sign and his attitude changed from I will not believe to my Lord, my God. The Lord became the Lord of his heart and the God of the universe. He believed because he's seen. Paraphrasing, of course, but Jesus, uh, paraphrasing here, Jesus is saying, count yourself blessed, Thomas. You see, you've seen me and you believed, but there's people that haven't seen me that still believed. The Bible says, blessed are they that have not seen, that have not seen and yet have believed. Has anybody seen Jesus? Has anybody seen Jesus or God? I didn't think so. The Bible says, blessed are they which believe and hath not seen. Jesus is saying, Thomas, count yourself blessed. You've seen me. You know in whom you have believed. But you know what, church, tonight I know in whom I have believed. And I know he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Thomas now has a little bit of fuel in his tank. He's ready to go. My Lord, my God, I'm ready to, I'm ready to fire on. I'm ready to go. Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 13. The disciples are sitting in the upper room after Jesus had resurrected and already went up into heaven. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 13 says, And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas. Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zolets, and Judas the brother of James. Is it just me or did I see Thomas' name there? That tells me, Brother Andrew, that Thomas was there on the day of Pentecost. That's what that tells me. You mean to tell me that old Doubt and Thomas was there the day at the day of Pentecost when Peter preached and 3,000 souls were saved? Yep, that's what the Word of God says. Just because you've got doubt tonight, church, you may doubt your salvation. You may doubt that God's going to supply the need. You may doubt that all the things are going wrong in your life, that God's going to provide what you need. Let me tell you something tonight, church, just because you doubt doesn't mean that God's not going to use you. I believe that God used Thomas in a way that only God could. I believe that God used Thomas in a way that only he could for his honor and his glory. Tradition tells us that uh, Thomas went on to have a great ministry over in India was murdered for the cause of Christ. And you know what happened, Brother Andrew? It's because he's seen the scars. It's because he's seen those nail print hands. Is it... Have you seen the scars? Have you seen God provide the need for your life and your doubt and your fear? I'm going to embarrass my wife a little bit tonight. <coughs> my wife used to struggle with her salvation. When she first got saved, she used to struggle with her salvation bad. She got it settled several years ago. She ain't struggled with it since. You know why? Because she's seen the scars in the Lord's hand. Brother Andrew, I used to worry and doubt about finances until I seen the scars in the Lord's hands. I don't doubt it no more. 
Brother Laddie, I'm sure there's something being in your life that you doubted a little bit until you seen the scars in them hands and you realize that he was never going to leave you and he was never going to forsake you. And there's a relief and there's a peace in your heart that, that, the, that, not the, that the world can't give. It's only a peace that God can give. Is your doubt holding you back tonight? Is that what's holding you back from God, from God doing something big in your life? I feel, like, I feel like a lot of people are weighed down by doubt. I feel like people are weighed down by doubt and they're saying, I shall not be moved. I'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and I shall not be moved because I don't believe, I don't trust as much as I should. I don't have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed. I don't have all these things. The Lord said just to be still and know that I am God.